1: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Joining us on the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. Before we get to it, make sure you follow us wherever you get your audio podcasts. Just search FFSN, that's Rather Cavalier. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Also, check out our Cavs shorts on the Nordahls YouTube channel. Now let's get to it. That's Rather Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Rocking out with two of the dangerous, treacherous four. My man BP kicking it on Fans First Sports Network, Cleveland Cavaliers. That's Rather Cavaliers podcast. Hey, this evening, y'all, we're coming to you with a special show. But before we get started, we just want to say please follow us on FFSN. That stands for Fans First Sports Network. And you can check us and rock with us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you can, check us out on Stitcher. So, BP, we're going to do the thing this evening. We're talking about all-decade squads with the Cleveland Cavaliers. This evening, we're hitting it off first with the 1980s all-decade squad. BP, man, I know we got a lot of thoughts. I know we got a lot of things. But first, man, tell me what's going on with you, and then we're going to get to the 1980s squad. Hey, hey, Big G, it's good to be on with you again. You
0: no, know, it's been a while, but, uh, you know, we're in the dog days of summer here. The NFL training camps have opened up, so we were still talking Cavs, but we thought we'd kind of dip dip back into the oldies, talk about the Cavs' best teams from the 80s, then eventually talk about the best team from the 90s, and then even hypothetically see what would happen if we simulated, if they played each other in a game. So that's what we got. And look forward to chopping up with you on these 80s and 90s
1: Cavs all-time teams. Man, that sounds like fun, man. And also sounds like something that our listeners will rock out with. So, you know, it's all hypothetical, but it's us putting our list together about who we think would run the gauntlet for the Cavaliers. I know the 1980s was good to us. That's back when we were rocking that powder blue and that orange, that C-A-V, S uniform that they was rocking so hard up in Cleveland. And they used to play in Richfield Coliseum for all of our listeners out there that don't really know and remember about the Cleveland Cavaliers, but definitely in Richfield. So, BP, I'm going to go to you first. We're going to talk about the starting two guards, the point guard and the shooting guard on the all-80s decade team for the Cleveland Cavaliers. BP, who you got in those slots, man, rocking it out for the Cavs?
0: Well, going back to the 80s with the Cavs, You know, I always look back at that 1986 draft, which was uh, one of the best drafts of all time for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But I believe in that draft, they got Mark Price. I believe in the second round.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So uh, Mark Price, uh, he played at Georgia Tech. So he would be my starting point guard from that night for the the best all-time Cavs 80s squad. What do you think? What's your answer on uh, point guard? Then I'll give
1: you my thought on shooting guard. Well, I don't disagree with with Mark Price being a point guard, especially if you're going to count another guy that I want to swing um, at the at the at the another guard position. But now I'm not talking about Mark Price. But overall, looking at Mark Price, I mean, he played a total of 295 games with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He averaged somewhere around 15.5 points per game. He really hit him off with about close to seven assists, six point seven assists, and about two point six rebounds per game. During that era with the Cavaliers, but the thing that was just interesting back then, if you remember in the '80s, that's the decade of the super point guards, or where there was a lot of small guys, a lot of big guys rocking out across the league. And I mean, you could go maybe eighth or ninth or tenth best on the list, and you're coming up with a guy like Kevin Johnson, so who was actually on that Cavs roster and was drafted by the Cavs out of Cal. So when you're saying all decade small guard. Mark Price, yeah, he gets my vote too, BP, for sure, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Mark Price, who was all NBA a couple of seasons. I mean, he was one of the first, you know, three-point shooters that could really shoot it. You know, I think he was a member of that 50, 40, 90 club. You know, one of the first members of that, where, you know, he shot over 90% from the free throw line, he shot over 40% from three, and he shot 50% from the field. So, you know, that's like, like a Steph Curry type of benchmark. So Mark Price was kind of the, you know, the early, you know, indicator of that type of excellence at the point guard position and the shooting position, he was a fantastic shooter. And he certainly didn't look the part at all. I mean, this guy does not look like an NBA player, an NBA, you know, all star type player, not at all. He was like, looked like the boy next door. And he was, you know, from some hick town in Oklahoma. So, you know, he's an amazing story and an amazing all time Cavalier.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, when you think about it, like you said, he didn't look like it. He sort of looked like he was a kid that came up basically playing basketball out in the rural areas. But, man, I remember his times at Georgia Tech even before he stepped foot on the court for the Cavaliers. And Mark Price definitely could go baseline to baseline all day and night as fast as you possibly could. But, hey, BP, we're going to switch it up since we agreed and we're going to keep it pushing past the point guard position, man, the two-card position. I think this is where there's going to be a little argument Maybe a little fight and a little tussle between me and BP, for sure, for sure. So I want to go to you, BP, first. Who do you pick as the starting two guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers on the All-80 squad?
0: Yeah, well, going back to that 86 NBA draft, again, where I mentioned Cleveland really nailed it uh, in more ways than one. Ron Harper out of Miami of Ohio was, I bet, I think he was the eighth pick in the draft. He is my all-time 1980s uh, starting shooting guard. And he was one of my all-time favorite Cavs of all time. In fact, when they traded Ron Harper to the Los Angeles Clippers for Danny Ferry, I was literally like sick to my stomach because I knew that was a mistake. And the Cavs, you know, they're always going to regret that mistake. You know, getting rid of Ron Harper in his prime for a disappointing player in Danny Ferry. What do you
1: think? Man, BP, I, I love Ron Harper. I think that Ron Harper is one of the best, maybe two guards of that decade, man. But I associate a lot of two-guard position. And maybe I put Ron Harper sometimes as that swing forward, man. A little bit more than the two-guard. But to to not talk about the guy who I'm going to talk about for the Cleveland Cavaliers as being an all-time great, I think would be a discredit. I love World Be Free to play two-guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. World Be Free played a total of 275 games. He averaged over 23 points per game, four assists, and almost three rebounds. And this was on the back end of his career after he left the Philadelphia 76ers and made a run for the NBA World title a couple of times. World Be Free, I think you can't talk Cavs basketball without World Be Free. I love Ron Harper. I love what he did as a player, but World Be Free is my guy, man. What's your thoughts about World Be Free?
0: No, uh, World Be Free. I used to live in the Philadelphia area as a kid, so I was a Sixers fan before I was a Cavs fan. And, uh, you know, World Be Free, he started off his career with the Sixers as Lloyd Free. And then when he got to Cleveland, he get, went all flamboyant. I think he arrived in Cleveland, believe it or not. They've showed footage of that here on the local Cleveland news. When he came to Cleveland, he arrived in a helicopter, which is hilarious and it landed out there in Richfield Coliseum, out in the middle of nowhere in a cornfield. So he, he was a great guy, flamboyant. He's a, even to this day, you know, they've interviewed him recently. He's a super nice guy, but he's been credited with keeping the Cavs here in Cleveland because he played for the Cavs in those really tough years of like the 83, 1984, 85, when the Cavs easily could have been moved to a, another city like out in Las Vegas or somewhere else. So he he did a great job. I think he helped lead the Cavs to the playoffs one year, even though they had a terrible team. He was a one man show. So that is a great call on Lloyd B. Free. He was I had him as like my sixth man on this team, kind of like instant offense off the bench. But that's a great call. He really was a, you know, an all time great Cavalier as well.
1: So, BP, I don't know if you caught, me or caught up with me or heard me. What I said was that at small forward position for the Cleveland Cavaliers, who do you got playing the small forward for the Cavs? Because I know this is a sticky spot for sure, for sure, man, because, like I said, the Cavs had some pretty good small forwards through the 80s and 90s. But I just want to see your thoughts, who you got a small forward? Yeah, I mean, when you go back into,
0: like, the archives of the Cavs, there was a guy – named mike mitchell a lot of people never even heard of the guy mike mitchell he played at auburn and towards in 1979-1980 and like but that's i think his first season with the Cavs in 1980 through about 82. he was with the Cavs, and he was an all-star he made the all-star team once as a Cav, as a small forward this guy could put up numbers about 22 23 points a game but a lot of people don't even know who he is i would you know If I went to a Cavs game, you know, this coming season, if I asked 100 people who Mike Mitchell is, 80% would probably say they never heard of him. But he was a really good, uh, you know, he could put the ball in the hole. So he would be on my all-time Cavs uh, starting team from the 80s, Mike Mitchell. He eventually went to the San Antonio Spurs, and he had some good years down there as well. So he's kind of an under-the-radar type guy. But Mike Mitchell would be my pick as a starting small forward on this all-time Cavs 1980s team.
1: Mm. I mean, I understand it here at BP. You know, this is where the position, I don't know, because like I said, there, there's a few guys that played the position. Like I said, Ron Harper moved down to that small forward position, especially when they would swing and put Craig Elo in the game with Mark Price, one of those two different guards. But, and also there was a guy that maybe might get a mention as maybe a small forward or a power forward for a bench guy for me. But I'd have to say for sure, he didn't he didn't play it a lot but i like larry nance at my small forward because i'm going to put a different guy at power forward so i know that these two guys played together in the same lineup one guy played a six man but if i had to put a small forward in the game i would put larry nance in there larry nance is one of my all-time favorite cleveland cavaliers i say top five for sure his points per game went down some from him coming from the phoenix suns because he was brought into cleveland as a role position and basically at that time, the Cavs and the Bulls were fighting to see who would go into position to knock off the Celtics or the Detroit Pistons from the East. So that's the whole reason why they brought in Larry Nance, because they were like, we got to get a guy that can deal with what was going on in the forward position over in Detroit. Definitely deal with what was going on in the forward position in Boston when you start talking about the Larry Bird and, the, and Kevin McHale and Cornbread Maxwell and all those guys. So I love Larry Nance playing my small, but that's just my lineup. So I would go if I'm going tiny at the point guard and I'm going tiny at the two guard, my 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 front court has got to be huge. So I'm rocking out with Larry Nance at that small forward position. BP, any thoughts? If not, we're gonna move on to the the uh the power forward position for the Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: Yeah, I mean I had Larry Nance also, you know, on you know, right there. You know with this guy mike mitchell but i thought i'd throw in mike mitchell just because he's so like under the radar unher- unheralded but larry nance obviously you know is a very good pick and you know he could be considered a power forward he could be considered a small forward i think the Cavs, you know he started at power forward for the Cavs, but you know if you, if you look at his size he was 610 205 he was pretty slight so you know you could easily consider him a small forward especially nowadays he would, yeah. would be a perfect small forward and obviously he could block shots like unbelievable. He won the dunk contest back when he was with the Phoenix Suns back in the day. So I completely, I agree with you with Larry Nance as a small forward for this all time Cavs team.
1: For sure. For sure. Hey, so right now, right quick, we're going to take a quick commercial pause as we get through this first rendition of the 1980s all decades team for the Cleveland Cavaliers on fans first sports network, Cleveland Cavaliers network. And we're back with That's Rather Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers podcast rocking out on Fans First Sports Network, FFSN. You can check us live on Apple Podcasts and check us live on Spotify for sure, for sure. Sitting here with two of the tandem of the Fantastic Four, the dynamic duo, BP. Hey, we're talking Cavs basketball, old school Cavs basketball with the 1980s rendition of an all-decade team. We're to the power forward position, BP at power forward who you got rocking for the cleveland cavaliers
0: well first of all this guy was always a fan favorite and he also started his Cavs career in the fall of 1986 even though he was drafted in 1985. Uh, his name was hot john hot rod williams was would be my starting power forward and i remember going to Cavs games and everybody loved this guy you know some some guys are just fan favorites and this was one of hot rod williams was one of them and some of it might have to do with his name. I mean, it's a fantastic name. Probably one of the best nicknames of all time. And he really was a likable guy, great guy. But he always came off the bench. And you always thought like, hey, you know, you know, this guy should be a starter. But, you know, he just came off the bench. And all he did was average 15 a game and, you know, 15 and 10. He played a ton of games. You look at a lot of these guys we've talked about. These guys like played 82 games every year. These guys were workhorses. Mm-hmm. And Hot Rod Williams was one of them. If you look down at his stats, like this guy played 82 games, like four or five years in a row or something crazy. Yeah. So, you know, you got to give him a lot of credit for that as well. And then he actually signed a really huge contract. I think he left the Cavs. I think Phoenix signed him to one of these you know, $25 million contracts, you know, back in the day, and he left the Cavs. But a lot of people were sad to see him go, and as, as I was. And so that was kind of the story of Hot Rod Williams. But and unfortunately, he passed away recently. Yeah. So, you know, out of all the guys we talked about, he's the only guy that has passed away. So, unfortunately, we lost a good one in Hot Rod Williams just a couple of years ago. He always, you know, he was from the Louisiana area, Yeah. played college ball at Tulane. So, you know, a shout out to Hot Rod Williams. He was a great Cavalier and he'll always be remembered.
1: For sure, for sure. John, Hot Rod Williams was definitely an all-time Cavalier forward. If there's no doubt about it, regardless of the decade, I mean, we could talk about 90s, 80s, 70s, 2000s and beyond. Hot Rod for sure. So Hot Rod gets my vote at that power forward position. Hot Rod Williams definitely did play his college basketball at Tulane University. All-time fan great for sure. He averaged close to about 15. I think his career averages was 12.2 with about seven rebounds and 2.5 assists. But what a lot of folks don't know, unless you've been a Cavs fan for a long time, John Hot Rod Williams was the sixth man of the year, several years in a row for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He didn't start. You know, if you go back to that 1980s team that pushed up against the Bulls and 3-2 where Jordan hit the shot, Miles Sanders started small forward, Larry Nance started power forward, and Brad Doherty started center. Hot Rod Williams was coming off the bench, getting a lot of minutes, getting a lot of time, but was pivotal in every run that the Cavs made with that team when it was assembled with Mark Price, Craig Elo, Ron Harper, Hot Rod Williams, Brad Doherty, and the list goes on and on. So for sure, for sure, Hot Rod was the guy, and like you said, might be, maybe outside of LBJ, one of the fan favorites all time for the Cleveland Cavaliers. BP, we done come to that center squad, man. The center position for the Cleveland Cavaliers, man. I think there's only one answer at the center for the 80s all-decade team. But I'm going to see what you say, man, because there might be another guy looming around from the ACC that could be. But I just want to see who you're saying at the ACC starting center for the Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty easy one. I did a whole show on this guy a couple of months ago, maybe a month ago. But Brad Doherty would be my all-time Cavaliers 1980 center. And obviously Brad was, uh, I believe a five-time all-star, but you know, he only played eight seasons in the NBA, but you know, he, again, we did a whole show on him. You can go back, the fans can go back and listen to the show that I did on Brad Doherty and Kyrie Irving back about a month ago, but he really was a fantastic Cavalier. You know, his career was cut short by a back injury and he was a loyal guy. He only played for the Cavs, didn't play for any other teams. And to this day, you know, he's he's a Cavs announcer for Bally Sports. He does mm-hmm. about 25% of the Cavs games and he does a great job when he announces the games. And he always he seems to always have some great insight on the big men. You know, he always works with Jared Allen, with Evan Mobley. You know, uh, so, yeah, he's just got great insight and he's a super nice guy. And so that's uh, my pick for the all-time
1: center for the Cavs, Brad Doherty for the 1980s all-time team. VP, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man, 150% for this. But you know what? I'm, a, I'm one of those guys that always think about what if would have happened and what if this and what if that. And my thinking with this what if is what if the 76ers would not have been fools and traded the number one overall pick in 1986 to the Cleveland Cavaliers? Because you got to remember, this is when the 76ers transitioned and they broke their team up and Moses Malone got sent out to the Washington, Washington Bullets back then and they for jeff Rulin and some other guy and then they shipped out this number one pick for roy henson and there was a lot of stuff that went on over there in philadelphia so so it was a miracle that the Cavs ended up getting this number one overall pick in 1986 by the way out of the university of north carolina which might be one of my favorite all-time basketball uh, college basketball teams but brad doherty like you said played eight short years for the cleveland cavaliers Averaged 20.3 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game, 3.6 assists per game, and was just the anchor during that 80s run of Cavaliers that we all know and love because the Cavs was that squad back then, man. You know, they. I, I can't stress it enough that the Cleveland Cavaliers battle with the Chicago Bulls, and I'll throw in those Atlanta Hawks 80s teams as well, trying to take over the Eastern Conference from the Boston Celtics and the Detroit Pistons. So they put a team together, and I believe this all-80s squad would have handled it. BP, you got anybody else that you want to add to the list just to say give an honorable mention or maybe a bench guy that can rock out with the 1980s all-decade team?
0: I mean, maybe uh, Craig Elo was a good contributor You mentioned mentioned him a little bit, but you know, Craig Elo was uh, kind of like a journeyman. I think he he was on the Houston Rockets and they brought him here to Cleveland. And he did, you know, he eventually became a starter. And that's one of the reasons why they traded Ron Harper. They felt Elo was pretty good. Like a great, like a good role player. Kind of similar, like uh, he reminds me of Max Struess, like who the Cavs are bringing on board this year. They're similar players, you know, they're, you know, not super athletic, but they're good shooters. They're good team guys. You know, so in every team needs some of these, like, you know, team guys that are, you know, like, so that's the story. I think Elo could be like an unheralded, uh, you know, backup on this 1980s all-time team.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't, I, I talked about him for sure, for sure. Ron Harper definitely deserves to be on this all-1980s team if I had to go with a six-man or a guy off the bench for sure, for sure, because I think you can't miss it. But without World Be Free being a part of that team, because a lot, like you said, BP, World Be Free might have saved the Cavs. People don't remember, and if you don't remember watching, they played in the old Richfield Coliseum up there in Cleveland. And if you don't know where Richfield is, that's a way suburb in Cleveland, outside of Cleveland Heights and Shaker Heights. It's going up a little way. So it wasn't like they were at the queue in the downtown arena for Cleveland. They was out in the burbs back then. And bringing World Be Free into town definitely saved the Cavs. But, Ron Harper, you did your thing. And you went on to do some great things for sure, for sure, with the Chicago Bulls. Hey, so that's our all-90s team. BP. we, I mean, all-80s team. We got to get to our 1990s team, man. Let's go with the point guard first, man. Who are you rocking with at point guard in the all-1990s team, or is it the same guy?
0: No, no, I'm, I'm going to give you some uh,
1: fresh new people
0: here. So, for my starter, I did some research here for the all-time 1990s Cavs team would be Terrell Brandon. Oh, good pick. And he, good you pick. know, again, a lot of, like, younger people, you know, the younger kids, like, let's say 20 years and over, they probably barely heard of Terrell Brandon. I mean, but he was a hell of a player. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated back in the day when he was on the Cavs, when he made an all-star team, but he was, you know, really good. He kind of took the torch from Mark Price. For a while, the Cavs were sort of breeding these great point guards. It started with, you know, Kevin Johnson. Then they traded him to get Larry Nance. Then they had Mark Price. Then they had Terrell Brandon. So then it continued on with even guys like, you know, like Kyrie Irving. And now we got, you know, we had Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. So you can see there's almost been a, a whole like, you know, like a succession of great point guards that have come through Cleveland. What do you think of
1: Terrell Brandon? I like the pick of Terrell Brandon. I think Terrell Brandon was one of, during that time period in the 90s when they were transitioning basketball, the way that they played, Terrell Brandon was one of those guys that would get lost, you know, as far as like, do you know him? Do you remember him? A lot of times, unless you were a Cavs fan, you can't put Terrell Brandon on a squad, but I remember him. I remember he had a little different haircut back then. But I also remember he had a nice crossover game. His crossover game was nice and definitely was a knockdown shooter for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, and that was the transition period because a lot of people didn't know that if the Cavs was going to be able to sustain and still be relevant during that time period. And Terrell Brandon, after you moved off of Mark Price, Brandon came in and stepped in and filled in the shoes. Definitely, I think at least once was an all-star, but I'd have to go back and check my facts. But I know for sure, for sure, did an outstanding job with the Cleveland Cavaliers. BP, at the two guard, who you got for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 1990s?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a close call on this one because there weren't, you know, this 1990s team was not a great, that was not a great decade for the Cavs, to be real honest. And usually, you know, your two guard is your, you know, your two guard and three man are some of your most important positions for scoring, you know, pizzazz, the whole nine yards. And, so, and that was like the era of Michael Jordan. So if you don't have a great two guard, you're gonna be in trouble. But in, in looking over the list, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Chris Mills, who played his college ball at University of Arizona. And, you know, he, he played four or five years with the Cavs and he went on to Golden State before Golden State became Golden State. But he had a solid NBA career, you know, with the Cavs, he averaged about 12 and a half, 13, 14 points a game. He was always solid. And he was kind of, a before his time, he was also like, you know, a good three-point shooter. But a lot of people don't even remember Chris Mills either, but he had a nice game. I mean, he was solid. And so I I go with uh, Chris Mills as my starting two guard on that uh, all-90s team. What about you?
1: Man, BP, I mean, if you go through and actually start searching the list about the all-time great two guards during that time period, you are absolutely right. The Cleveland Cavaliers was really hurting at that two-guard position especially during the 1990s because it was interchangeable. So, Chris, I'll say it because they did make the playoffs together. And We're going to talk about another guy who's on this 90s squad for the Cavs, that they made a playoff at least run, jumped into the playoffs at least once, maybe twice. I like Bob Sura, but I think he was later on in the game. I think he was well after the 1990s. I think he played in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, but I liked it. But I'll I, I ride with you with, with Mills. He's not a bad guy, definitely not a bad choice. But like you said, at that two-guard position, the Cavs, it was just dry. The cover was dry, and I don't remember a great guy that they had at that position. So I'll ride with Mills for sure. All right, BP, we're going to take a quick commercial break, our second break, and we're going to talk about come back and talk about that small forward, power forward, and center position for the all-90s Cavaliers deck 18. And we're back with That's Rather Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Sitting here rocking out with BP on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's your boy, Big G. Two of the dynamic duo or the fantastic four, whichever way, way you want to swing it. We're talking all-time great Cavs basketball. So, BP, we're to that small forward position for the Cleveland Cavaliers. All 90s decade team. Who you got a small forward? Again, to be honest, this was a tough
0: decade for Cavs fans and Cleveland fans for basketball, NBA basketball. So I'm actually, I can't even give you like a great small forward. So I'm going to give you, uh, you know, I'm going to give you two power forwards and a center. That's how lean it was. And you can see, that's why it was a lean decade for the Cavs. They had very, you know, an average, you know, two guard shooting guard and they had very average small forwards. I'm not even... A small four that was good in the 90s was cedric henderson but he's not on my list but that's how yeah. bad that's how low this the, the you know that's how bad we were i hate to say it so i'm gonna give you my first power forward it's tyrone hill tyrone hill was an unbelievably underrated player he made an all-star game just like terrell brandon made an all-star game but barely you know these guys squeaked out their all-star game appearances You know, I think they just had one each. But Tyrone Hill, the year the Cavs made the playoffs, you know, around the mid 90s, you know, he was unbelievable. And he was, a, the, the Cavs picked him up from another team. I'm not even sure which team it was, but maybe Milwaukee. And he was just an average journeyman. But, you know, Mike Fratello was the coach back then and he was a fabulous coach. And they helped turn, the coaching staff helped turn Tyrone Hill into an all-star caliber power forward. Because he, he learned some like drop step moves, power moves. So he was getting a double-double every night, and he was solid. He really was. So, you know, he's getting like 14 points, 11 rebounds, and just didn't miss many games either. He was one of these guys that also played 82 games a year, like every year. So I'm going to go with Tyrone Hill as one of my forwards on this all-time 1990s team.
1: Say, for me, man, because he played five years for the Cleveland Cavaliers, 1990-1991, 1992, 93, 94, and 95. So I guess that would be a total of six years. I got to swing and put John Hot Rod Williams on this Cavs team, man. He he might get the double down or double up for the Cavs at that small forward position for me just because of what Hot Rod meant to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was a stabling agent. You know, like you said, we only got Doherty for so many years. We only had Larry Nance for so many years. We only had that great Cavs team that was together in the 80s for so many years, but hot rod swung the fence. He went from the eighties into the nineties. So that's just my vote. My vote and my position is I'm gonna put hot rod on both squads. What you think about that BP?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm okay with it. Just, uh, I just personally remember hot rod Williams more playing with the old, with the guys from the eighties. You know, to me, he was part of that. You know, he was really tight with Brad Doherty and Larry Nance. They were into fishing, hunting stock cars. You know they really were i mean to this day brad doherty you know owns like a racing uh team down in north carolina and i think mm-hmm. his team won the uh daytona 500 this past you know spring so i more associate hot rod williams with those 80s teams but i know he played in the early 90s so you know i i'll i'll go with it but in my opinion hot rod kind of belongs more to that 1980s team but he like you said he crossed both decades so yeah it is what it is
1: for sure for sure Hey, man, so this is the position. I've been anxious this whole podcast to see who you put at the other forward position for the Cavaliers on the all-decade team because I got my guy. My guy is a guy that my brother, Ahmad Bell, one of the guys that produces us on That's Rather Cavaliers, he knows I love this player, and I've loved him for a long time as far as a basketball player is concerned. But, BP, I want to see who you got at that power forward position for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 90s all-decade team.
0: Well, for me, this is a no-brainer. You know, the, the starting power forward on this Cavs team, all-time 90s team would be Sean Kemp, the rain man. And he was just, he was, you know, when he was in Seattle, he was unbelievable. He was, you know, a game changer. He was, you know, one of the all-time great NBA, you know, players, you know, dunkers, you know, he he changed the game. You know, if they're, you know what I mean? Certain guys just changed the game, the way it was played. I mean, he was su- fantastically athletic. Now, unfortunately when he got to cleveland he lost a lot of that he really did we kind of got like just a different type of version of sean kemp but he still was an all-star he still put up good numbers he still helped lead us to the playoffs so i still got to get him his props so yeah i got sean kemp as my starting power forward on this all-time 90s team
1: yeah for sure the boom boom sean kemp rain man sean kemp whatever you want to call it man This guy had super athletic ability coming into the league for the Seattle Supersonics. Transition over to the Cavs, might not have had all that athletic ability that he had before, but he still made an all-star team for the Cleveland Cavaliers during that reign in the 90s and put us in the playoffs. You know, so that was a lot for Sean Kemp to come to Cleveland because you guys that know and listen to the Cavs know, the Cavs, we ain't got the biggest market in the world. We ain't like New York we ain't like LA, we ain't like Miami. It's hard to get somebody to come play in Cleveland. But Sean Kemp coming to Cleveland and playing in Cleveland definitely actually turned his career around because he left Seattle with a bad taste in his mouth. There was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of rumors about what he was doing on and off the court. He came to Cleveland, was a professional basketball player, made an all-star team, and led the Cavaliers to power forward. So Sean Kemp, I was digging you even though you got to only got to play a couple of years for the Cavs at that dang-on power forward position. BP, last guy, center position, 1990s All-Decade squad. Who you got for the Cleveland Cavaliers?
0: Well, this is a no-brainer again for me. Uh, Zydrunas Ilgauskas would be my starting center for this all-time 1990s team. In fact, the year Ilgauskas was drafted, the Cavs actually drafted Vitali Potapenko first. He was their first pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. So he was supposed to be like, you know, the real, the best player that they drafted. And they drafted Zydrunas Ogowskis later in the draft. And turns out Z turned out to be the the Hall of Fame type player. So the Cavs, you know, the Cavs got it right on one of those picks. Now, Potipanko had a pretty good career. And he's Mm -hmm. still in the NBA. Believe it or not, he's an assistant coach with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Which is, you know, you got to give that guy credit. He's an NBA lifer, Vitaly Potapenko,
1: because yeah.
0: he's still out there working with the big men for the Memphis Grizzlies, and he's a hell of a coach. Yeah, I've seen him before games, you know, working with the guys, and I think he was their um, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, summer league coach this year. So that's a bit of trivia on Potapenko. But going back to Z, I mean, yeah, he was a all time Cavalier, and so you know that was a hell of a draft pick bringing him in from, you know, Eastern Europe. So I got to give the Cavs credit on finding Ilgowskis. Now he had those bad feet. He missed entire seasons, but when he was healthy, he was a 20 point scorer and an all-star
1: player. For sure. For sure. Big Z draft pick 1998 Cleveland Cavaliers. So he, he squeaked in at the end of the nineties decade, but definitely I would say maybe between him and another guy who's all time greatest center for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But what Big Z meant to the bridge from the 90s to the 2000s team, he bridged for probably the greatest Cavs that ever played, but definitely he was a cornerstone of the franchise for the Cavs for all of those years. He came and he worked hard every week. Every time I seen him play, he might not have had the best athletic ability, might not have had the best jump shot, was really ahead of his time with that Euro game because there was – Several young Euro players that came in right around that time. I remember Peyton Stryakovich. I remember um, uh, uh, a couple of other guys. A couple guys played for Sacramento. Another guy that played for New Jersey that was bringing that Euro. And then definitely Big Sabonis out in Portland. But Big Z, he was transitioning. Nowadays, you see in the NBA, probably 30% or more, 40% of the NBA is, is definitely from not from the United States of America, and that Euro game has took over. Heck, they even got a move in the NBA now called the Euro Step, and Big Z brought his game from overseas to us with the Cavs way ahead of his time. and sort of changed the pace, but definitely was an all-time center for the Cleveland Cavaliers. BP, any guy you want to just throw on the squad and say, hey, on the 90s, he deserved it. Anybody that's missing? Yeah, there was one guy I was going back and forth on for my starting shooting guard and.
0: This guy's an all-time great Cavalier story, Bobby Phills, who uh, you know the Cavs. He was a he was undrafted. You know, nowadays this would be like one of these uh, you know G League guys. That's what Bobby Phills is. He was a six foot five shooting guard, but he played at a very small college somewhere. I don't even know where. But um, he was completely unheralded, and he started with the Cavs, just like averaging about two points a game for a couple of years, three points a game. But then he built himself up. Uh, you know a double figure score and a starting became the starting two guard. Then eventually the Cavs, uh, I think they lost him in the expansion draft to the Charlotte Hornets. So then he you know had a good career with Charlotte. And then unfortunately, he passed away in an auto accident. So Bobby Phils, again, it's a shame. His career was cut short, you know unfortunately, and uh, you know he was a hell of a nice guy. He was a, what a fantastic story of determination. And, you know, just desire and grit, And so I got to give him a shout out. And, you know, he was a fantastic Cavalier. And, uh, you know, he definitely deserves a spot on this all-time 1990s Cavs team.
1: For sure, for sure, BP. I remember Bobby Fields coming in and playing significant minutes for the Cavs. And like you said, every all-time team in my position needs a glue guy. If you had to ever pick a glue guy for that 1990s team, because like I said, the 90s wasn't filled with a lot of cheering and jumping up in the stands and saying hey we got a shot to win the 90s was dominated by some one guy out of North Carolina by the name of Michael Jeffrey Jordan that you know it was hard to put a squad together but the Cavs did have a couple of nice 1990 teams that performed and played in the playoffs and definitely guys that rocked out on that all-star team so BP the, the last question if you had to pit the 90s team against the 80s team who would win and why that's my question to you bp who would win and why 90s versus 80s. shoot bp shoot for the stars and let me know who you got in this matchup
0: yeah i mean when you look at the starting fives that we talked about for the 1980s Cavs all-time team and the same thing for the 90s all-time team you know that 80s i think the Cavs 1980s team would, would take care of that 1990s team pretty easily especially if you had ron harper on the team you know, and all the guys, Larry Nance, Brad Doherty, Mark Price, Hot Rod Williams. And he had a world Be free even coming off the bench. And the guy like Elo coming off the bench. To me, you know, back in the, in the 80s, the late 80s, when the Cavs lost that heartbreaker to Michael Jordan. You know, I felt the Cavs were the second best team in the NBA for a couple of years there. You know, like late 80s, early 90s. They really were. It's unfortunate we were in the same conference, the same frigging division with Michael Jordan. But that's the way it was. And, you know the Cavs back then were known as a soft team they used to say we were like the marshmallow team like soft like they used to say brad doherty was soft you know mark price was soft you know too they were too nice they were nice guys they probably could have used a guy like charles oakley on that team like an enforcer or a tough guy or, or xavier mcdaniels or some kind of a tough guy and yeah. it might be something like similar to like what the Cavs now need a tough guy they don't have a tough guy on this Cavs team now so hmm. there are a lot of similarities between that 80s Cavs team and this new team, the, the 2023 team. Hmm. Great players, good, but maybe they're too nice. You know, a lot of nice guys up and down that roster. So hmm. the Cavs might want to learn something from that 1980s squad to the, you know, the new squad, the 2023 squad. But they that 1980s team was a hell of a team. And, uh, you know, I would... I would put them, take them almost against anybody in the league except maybe the Chicago Bulls at that time. Now, I think the Seattle Supersonics back in the 80s were were tough. Well, actually, that was the 90s, so I was wrong. The 1990s Seattle Supersonics with Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, they were, they were fun to watch. They were a hell of a team, but that was the 90s. But this 80s Cavs team was a hell of a team, and it's a shame. They ran up against Michael Jordan and the Bulls, but you know what? They're still, in my opinion, they would take care of this 1990s team in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. People don't remember back then with the 1980s. Just to piggyback over something BP said, there was the 1980s Detroit Pistons team. There was the 1980s Milwaukee Bucks team. There was the 1980s Philadelphia 76ers team. There was the 1980s Atlanta Hawks team. And there was the 1980s Boston Celtics team, along with two high rising or up and coming teams called the Cleveland Cavaliers and called them the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls and the Cavs during the 80s fought for support for the right to be able to take on some of those upper echelon squads. They were all going for it. The Celtics was coming down. The 76ers was coming down. The Pistons and the Hawks was going up. The Milwaukee Bucks always had a squad through the 1980s. They had some of the best teams that they've ever had outside of the team they won the championship in the 1980s. So when the Cavs built their roster for that 1980s run, that team would definitely smoke the 1990s team. I don't think there's no any ifs, ands, buts about it. Matter of fact, I think that the, that 1980s team would give even the 2000s decade, which is a show that we're going to talk about later on, a run for their money. When you start talking about those six, seven, eight guys that was playing for that Cavs team back then, definitely, definitely, definitely great players. Hey, so BP, we done come to the close of the pod any final thoughts before we sign off on Fans First Sports Network? That's rather Cavaliers. No, I mean, it was fun to kind of rehash these old
0: teams, you know, just, you know, hearkening back to the old days where, you know, the 80s and the 90s and some of these, you know, there's some great characters here, great stories, great players, you know, all stars, Hall of Famers, all that kind of stuff. So, one thing I wanted to mention is that Ron Harper was never an all star. So, you know, even though he won five championships, with the Lakers and the Bulls, but he was never an all-star. So it just shows you, you know, how hard it is to even be an all-star in the NBA. You know, nothing's is given, nothing's automatic. Now, if he had stayed with the Cavs, you know, I think he would have been an all-star because he was scoring like 22 points a game, but you know, he was jettisoned off to the LA Clippers, which back then was like, you know, the wasteland of the NBA. Mm. So it's a shame kind of about Ron Harper because I always really loved, I thought he could have been one of the greatest Cavs of all time, but to this day, his his, he is his uh, uniform is not, uh, you know, up there in the rafters at the arena. So it's kind of a shame about that. But I think he kind of got a raw deal here in Cleveland. But in my opinion, you know, he should have been an all-star and maybe someday his name, his, his uniform will be up in the rafters at the uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse.
1: Uh, for sure, for sure. Ron Harper, Miami of Ohio is probably outside of Wally Zerbiak, probably the greatest basketball ever put, player they ever played at Miami of Ohio. For sure, for sure. But yeah, BP, I like that. I like those comments about those guys. I definitely like what we said tonight on the podcast. But so for those that's listening out there, please follow us on Fans First Sports Network, Cleveland Cavaliers. That's rather Cavaliers podcast. Listen to us on Apple. Check us out on Spotify. And if you can, also listen to us on Stitcher. For my boy BP, Big G, two of the dynamic duo of the Fantastic Four, with Relly Hall and the Boy Take Boy Fresh. We sign it out and we leave it as we always do. Let's go, Cavs. Let's go, Cavs. Let's go, Cavs. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs.